answer the bell. Now let's go. Pressure coming, pressure coming, and he's sacked again at the four-yard line. This is Buccaneers Total Access. Another sack by Shaq Barrett. He's got three today. Brought to you by Frontier Communications. Rely on your ultimate teammate, Frontier. Don't go it alone. Visit Frontier.com slash Bucks. And by Hooters. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Caught! Touchdown! Tampa Bay! Oh, Jay Howard! Fire them cannons! What a play! Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome into Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. I am so excited to be joined this week by none other than cornerback Jamel Dean. Jamel, how are you doing? Doing good. What about you? Doing great, man. It's a victory Monday. There's just nothing better than that. So thank you guys for giving the rest of us this victory Monday. You're welcome. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, these have been a couple incredible weeks here. Um, there's been a lot going on. At first, I wanted to hear, were you sad when the game got moved out of Sunday Night Football? Because that would have been your first time on Sunday Night Football, right? Uh, Yeah, I, yeah, it would have been my first time on Sunday Night Football. I mean, I wasn't really too upset because, I mean, we still was going to be able to play that day. Well, as, long was- as, they didn't, like, as long as they didn't cancel the game, that's why I'm, I was okay with it. Yeah, there. I mean, there was some moments there where everybody was kind of wondering, is it going to mo- get moved? Is it going to get postponed? And there, there was some uncertainty there. What were the challenges of that for you guys of just kind of not knowing for sure when or, or if or how this game was going to get played? Well, our mindset was no matter what day they put it on, we should we should just still be prepared to play. So it doesn't change a whole lot for you guys? Not really. Well, that's good. That's better. I mean, I feel like I would have been freaking out. So this is why you're the pro. <laughs> um <laughs> So, I mean, does it change anything about um, your routine? I feel like a lot of times, you know, you guys are such creatures of habit and the way you enter into game day and all of that, that did it change anything about the, the way that you guys were going to have a routine or, or the way you guys were going to prepare? Um, I mean, it really didn't change much because we still had the game on Sunday. So it was just like a normal week for us. Okay. How about their stadium? Uh, what did you think of that brand new place? First time being in there, first time playing in Vegas. I mean, it was, it was a nice stadium. Like, it kind of reminded me of the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but just an updated version. But And then being in Vegas, you know, it was it was exciting for me because that was my first time ever being in Vegas. Granted, we didn't get the chance to – I didn't get the chance to actually tour Vegas, but it was just nice just to see the scenery. Yeah, that's crazy. Is that one of those things where um, – that's been kind of a bummer for you guys this year of when you are going somewhere new, that that's normally one of the cool perks and benefits of, of being in the NFL is you get to go visit a lot of places. And now all you get to see is whatever hotel is in that city. Oh man. Yeah. It's a bummer. Cause like certain places like Vegas, like you want to like be able to explore the area. So now being just getting there and just being stuck in a hotel, kind of like torturing it kind of in a way. You're like so close and yet so far. You're like, I always had like plans to come to this area, but now, I, now that I'm here, I can't tour it. Yeah, and especially a place like that where it's basically eight years between trips when it's an AFC team. That, yeah, it's. I mean, there's always a chance that they could be the team you play because of similar records. So it could be sooner than that. For the most part, it's only about every eight years. So that's all, that's kind of a bummer as well that it would take so long. It's not like a division team that gets a new stadium where you'd get to see it, you know, the very next year. Uh-huh. Um, all right, well, our uh, Hooters hot question of the day is what is the impact – uh, of this win, especially paired with the Packers win and, and what it's meant for you guys in the locker room? I mean, after the Green Bay game, it showed us what we're capable of, what we're capable of doing when we work as a team. And then seeing like it, like seeing like the energy transfer from the Packers game to the Raiders game, now it's giving us like, like we can see like what we're capable of. So like 
it's showing that like the future is bright for us. That is cool to hear that the energy transferred over. You you really could feel that what had happened for you guys in the Packers game impacted the Raiders game. Yeah. In what way? You know, just playing as one. I feel like everything just starting like come together for us. Like we're just playing as a unit. Yeah, that's I mean, and that's massive for you guys, especially on on the defensive side of things. And it, and it felt that, like there were some similarities between the two games also of the way that, you know, you guys got down a little bit early and then were able to come back and, and fight off some momentum changes to be able to take that big lead. What were some of the similarities that you felt in the two games and, and the way that the, the storyline kind of evolved over the game? Well, cause I, I remember like the, like the similarities of the game, like the Packers came out hot and the Raiders came out hot. So now it's like, how, how are we going to, like, how are we going to like retaliate against that? So, we so like since we were able to since we were able to establish that in the Packers game, we know that we we just got to continue fighting because it's still more we still have more game to play. Yeah, that's that's really big. We're talking to cornerback Jamel Dean. Um, what do you guys have to do when their offense does come out so hot? What are some of the things that you guys can maybe do defensively to try to you know mitigate that a little bit to try to make sure that you guys don't have to do the the come from behind thing a little bit early. I mean, we just got to keep our composure and just execute on whatever defensive play call is, is being called. So we can't be too worked up trying to, like, be an individual and try to make our own plays when it's not meant for us to make a play. So that's when bad things start to happen. So we just got to keep our composure and just keep doing our job. How do you feel like you and the rest of the corners played against the Raiders yesterday? I feel like we played a solid game. Granted, we gave up, we gave up a couple of plays that – we left a lot of plays out on the field. But other than that, we played solid. What were some of the plays you felt like you left out on the field? What did you learn from those? Oh, man, I, I felt like I left that, that interception that I dove for. I left that one out on the play. And then the deep ball that they that I ended up giving up from, like, having bad technique. Uh, what was it like. about the uh, the technique that, that you felt like you needed to learn from? What, what are some of those takeaways for you to, to know that you're not going to leave those on the on the field moving forward? I just, I just need to focus on just not relaxing instead of just – instead of, like, actually running. Instead of trying to find a guy, slow, instead of trying to slow down and find a guy, I got to keep running and find a guy. And yeah, I mean that interception that you almost had. I have to imagine that that. What is that feeling in that moment when you know there's a play that you could have had and your mind should have had? What what goes through your mind and, and how you sort of recover from that? Well, what goes through my mind is I'm like, dang, missed opportunity. And then when I get to the sideline, I know I'm going to hear a couple people mouth. So. Like like who? Tell tell me who some of those uh, rather vocal people are over there. Oh man, the coaches, always the coaches. And like, uh, what what are the things they tend to say? And it's it's not your. Te- I was I was expecting more from your teammates as well, but it sounds like it's it's more just the coaches. I mean, it's the te- it's my teammates too. They just say like, oh man, you supposed to catch that. Like it's catchable. Don't you love that? The the pointing out the obvious. You're like, yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, yeah. It's like I, I'm I know. <laughs> You're like kicking me when I'm down here. Um, <laughs> how about, uh, you know, Devin White had just an incredible game. 11 tackles led the team and, and three sacks as well, which was a career high for him. Uh, what did you see from him? I mean, it seemed like he was just this heat-seeking missile out there. Man, I just – all I see was just energy, just great energy the whole game. Like, there, once, he st- once, he got, once he got going, there was no stopping him. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I just, that's what I love about Devin. Like he just he goes that he wants to be the best. And and what does that do for you guys when someone like him does bring that kind of energy? Do you feel like that's a little bit infectious for the rest of you? Yeah, we all feed off it. All it takes is one. All it takes is just one guy just to bring the energy, and then we just all just build off it. 
And uh, Steve McClendon, you got you guys got a, a new player, and basically after no time whatsoever, he gets thrust into the game and ends up with five tackles, makes some pretty big roles. How impressed were you by his ability to just handle getting traded and then having to go through all the COVID protocols, not really getting to be around the team very much, and then being thrown right in there against a, a pretty good Raiders team? I mean, it, it, it really shows he has great character, and like he, it shows that he's a veteran. Like to be able to just come from a different team to another system and then perform like that—that's impressive. It shows that he take pride. It shows that he take pride in his craft, and what and when he's on the field, he's he want to produce. Yeah, and I feel like that's something that for you guys who are still so young to have people like that that can show sort of the veteran mindset in the in the professional side is is that something that is almost as important to you guys as the X's and O's to have people like that who've been around the league and, and know how to be a professional? Yeah, most definitely. Cause we, you know, it's still, it's still a learning process for us. Cause man, we in year two, but it hasn't been like officially two years for us. Right? So it's just something like we see like the older guys and how they operate. So like, I know that when times come, I know the times come, I got to start being more like that. And who are the guys that you have already felt like you look up to in that sense that are on the Bucks team, the, the guys that you've been able to in, in your year and a half-ish here, you've looked to and said, okay, that's that's how I want to do things. That's who I want to learn from. I mean, I, I normally get all my learning from, from Coach Bowles, really, because, you know, he played. So, you know, he also was a, a DB, too. Him and, him and uh, Coach Ross. And, I, was like, I get most of their input, from, like most of their input from them because they did it, and then they've been to, they, they've been to like, places where – I'm trying to get to that. And that's gotta be so huge for you. I mean, it's one thing to have a coach that's a good coach, but to have one that has, has really played the same position and been in the same boat as you, do you feel like that really does set them apart for how much they can speak into you? Like if, if coach Bowles had not played your position, I know he could still be a great coach, but do you feel like that kind of puts it at another level for what he can do with you? Yeah. It's always like, you always see things differently when you, when someone that played your position and you know that they can relate to you because they've been through it. So, it's like, hearing their input on, on certain – like, on a lot of things is really beneficial for us, Well, for, when, for me especially. Um, did you guys know during the game that Brady had passed Breeze for the most touchdown passes in team history? I did not. <laughs> and, I mean, it's a little different than a lot of times when you pass for a record because Breeze is still playing. In fact, we play them in two weeks, so they could end up trading that back and forth a few times. It's not yeah. not like a normal record against someone who's been done playing for 20 years where you kind of know you have it. But um, to hear something like that, what does that mean to you to realize that you right now are playing with the quarterback that has the most touchdown passes in the NFL history? I mean, I feel like it's an honor. I mean, I already feel like it's an honor just being on the same in the same locker room as, as Tom Brady. So just being around him as he, like, continued, like, to make – great achievements it's something i can say that I, I witnessed personally and one of those touchdowns that he had was to scotty miller 33 yard just perfect dropped in there uh what did you see that play happen on when you were on the sideline and, and oh yeah oh yeah i watched that whole play i was like boy that I was like that was a pretty ball like he couldn't place it any better than that did, did it make you almost kind of like feel for the the db in the situation oh man yeah it's like dang it like I I know what that DB going through because it's like you could be in the you could be in a, a good position. It just the ball's in the perfect place. <laughs> Nothing you can do about it. That's awesome. I love I love the empathy that you have there. That that immediately comes to your mind. All right. Well, we have more coming up on Buccaneers Total Access with Jamel Dean. Brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. 
Buccaneers Total Access continues. Brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. We are back on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. Casey Phillips here with cornerback Jamel Dean. Uh, we were just talking about that Raiders win. And uh, I know that another area you guys had talked a lot about was penalties. That um, I know in the Chicago game, that was something you guys weren't happy with. And then you go in with the Packers and don't have a single one, and then only four against the Raiders. Does it feel like that's something you guys have really turned a corner on? Yeah, because we realized if we don't beat ourselves – then it's kind of like it's it's really hard to beat us. Like the two games we did lose, we were we had extremely we had a lot of penalties. And then like to see like the games that we win, we don't have as as many as many penalties. So it's there's some correlation to that. You're like yes, this makes sense. And I imagine the coaches have maybe mentioned it one or two times to you guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> what what's their message about that? Because it's again, it's not like you guys don't know that penalties are bad so what is their message and what is it that you guys had to do to make that switch i mean it was just more just we got to eliminate the penalties and we just got to correct our technique and how about another one is uh the sacks that you know the the o-line has not allowed sacks in the last couple games having watched them in practice and in these games what have you seen from our offensive line and and how well they've been able to protect brady i mean i feel like they've, they've come together as one like it's all everybody's on the same page, and now they and now it look like they plan. It's like they playing for each other now. And you guys are now tied for second in the league with the most interceptions. How how cool is that to be a part of a defense like that? And that you have definitely contributed in that stat line now. Uh, it feels great knowing that how when we started off the season we was ranked thirty second as as a passing defense. So now that we're tied for second place to show that we made big improvements from last year to now. And you enjoy proving people wrong just a, just a teeny bit, I think. Oh man. I mean, that's been my whole thing ever since I've been playing football, just proving people wrong, beating the odds. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest ways to do that is to intercept Aaron Rodgers for pick six. I think that's, that's probably one of the bigger ways to do it. Take us through that play that you had last week and what that meant to you. Oh, uh, well, the pick six in general was just very – going to always be memorable for me because that was my first pick six ever in my football career. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, so – and then to get it from a guy that's going to be a Hall of Famer, it just made it that much that much better for me. That's incredible. Yeah, take take us through kind of the X's and O's of that play and how you were able to make it. Well, from my from – my, from like the far side, I analyzed the whole field and I recognized the formation that they normally get into in certain situations. So – once I seen Devontae Adams motion over, I kind of got an idea. I kind of picked up – I kind of, like, realized what play was coming. So then as the play developed, I everything I seen from film just started happening. And then I'm like, okay, now it's all on, now it's all on if Aaron Rodgers is going to actually throw it to him. And he did. And he did. And you were so thankful. And and that's yeah. perfect. You mentioned the importance of, that you had seen this on film. And I feel like that's what I've heard so much about you since last year is that you basically flipped a switch at some point last season of understanding how to prepare for a game that you've had the physical skills, but the mental side of it, of, of knowing how to prepare, how to watch film is what really clicked for you last year. Um, explain how, what, what it is about that time of, that what what did you finally understand? What did click and, and what changed about how you prepare mentally? Well, I understood that 
now it's not all about physical ability because everybody in the NFL can run as strong. So now, like, they always I, – I hear the coaches harping up on it's a neck-up lead. So it's all about who's smarter. But I didn't really pick up on it until I actually started playing. And then when I started, when I started like, watching more film and studying, I realized how much the game became easier for me. And what were some of the things that you would watch or learn or pick up on that made a difference? You know, I just I just watched their games, like how they attack certain how they attack certain coverages, and then like and then I watched games where they actually played against they played against Coach Bowles' defense. So I just always wanted to see like what was their game plan to attack to attack them. And Coach Bowles, it sounds like, was a very integral part of you learning how to watch film, how to prepare, all of that. Um, Just explain your relationship with him and and how much he's meant to you and and what the things were that he really stressed with you last year that helped you get over that hump. I mean, it's more of like Coach Bowles, I see him as a mentor for everybody around the facility. Be like, oh, that's your dad. But it's like it's, it's like it's 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 kind of like a bond like that, like a father son bond. Really so then he ba- so like it was like once he brought me after the Seattle game, cause he seemed like how because he seemed like how down I was after it because that was my worst game I ever played in my football career. And then they just kept telling me you're gonna be good. You just you just needed that game to finally understand what we were saying. <laughs> so it was a little bit of an I told you so. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that does sound like a dad. That sounds that sounds about right. Um, you know, with with all that growth that you made towards the end of last year, uh, were you worried at all about it being sort of interrupted with the weird COVID off season that you lost all these reps in the off season and things that would normally kind of help you carry through to to have so much time to not be on the field, not getting those reps? Were you ever worried that you might lose some of that growth that you had gotten? Oh uh, no, I wasn't really worried about it. Because I was still like watching, I was still watching film during the off season. That's true. If, if the main area of growth was watching film, that was one of the few things you yeah, could like, do. That, that's that's that, I got nothing but time on my hands, so I might as well. We're talking to cornerback Jamel Dean. Um, what were the the biggest challenges of the off season for you, and and maybe the cornerbacks in general? I feel like that each position group might have been affected a little bit differently by those missed reps. Uh, I mean, it's probably more like having that like. Just uh, having that, like, that bond with each other and being able, like, to understand how one another play. So we've probably kind of, like, missed that on that. Yeah, and, I mean, you guys do have that incredible – I mean, it, it's I always love watching that. It feels like you guys are definitely one of the tighter position groups on the team. And um, wh- how important is is that? I feel like we talk about that a lot with, with things like the O-line of how, oh, they've got to play right next to each other, they've got to be in sync. But – even though you guys might be on complete opposite sides of the field, you feel like it's it's still important to have that that knowledge of each other. Yeah, because like on the field, we should be able to like be able to look at each other and know what's going on. Like we should be able to finish each other's sentence at this point. We're talking to cornerback Jamel Dean. I've also seen you guys have some pretty incredible handshakes. Is that accurate? Uh, I mean, they have their handshakes. I don't, I don't get they they just leave me out in the bunch. You, you're the only one that doesn't have a handshake? Yeah, I guess I'm the ugly duckling. That's, <laughs> that's basically what it comes down to. <laughs> Wait, so was this on purpose? Did you, were you not, you weren't cool enough to earn one or you just didn't want one? I, I need, this is, this I mean, is it's, sad. it's about a factor. Like, I just never like think about creating a handshake because I'm such a basic person. So I just like to give you a regular handshake and then they keep it moving. 
That's so funny. I love that. I, I really love that. Well, and um, I mean, you already did have the familiarity with Carlton getting to play together at Auburn. How incredible was that for you guys to both end up here and, and to have him here when you got here as a rookie? Uh, it, it, I mean, it, it was a good feeling because it, it, it's funny how like how like how history how history been with each other. Like ever since, since it started from high school when we both was committed to Ohio State, and then and then we went to like the Semper Fathers All American game, and then somehow we was roommates. <laughs> That's unbelievable! How many how many like similarities there were, and and what have you learned from him in particular? Getting to have that relationship that goes back that far. What did that do for you when, when you got here and, and having him as that, like of all the people you could have had that journey with, the fact that it was him? I mean, it just feel like whenever I'm down, I got somebody I can lean on because we done been through, we've been knowing each other since high school. So I know he's not going to just be that guy. He like, he's going to actually be there for me. Yeah, that is that is really important. And, you know, you mentioned that you guys both getting ready to go to Ohio State. So I want to talk a little bit about your your past because we haven't had you on this uh, radio show before. And you have such an interesting football journey and how you got here. So first, let's let's start with uh, high school and just the, what what all went on there to start your path at a, at a more difficult way. Oh, OK. So the start of my it was the spring going into my junior year. I had got my first offer from Ohio State. So. Yeah, that was big for me because I didn't even think I was actually a D1 player. So, like, when I got my first offer, that, like, kind of sparked, like, it had sparked, like, the vision that I could make it to – I could be an NFL player. So well, – Well, why didn't you think you were uh, a D1 type of prospect or something? What was it that, that you weren't seeing in yourself? I don't know. It, I think it is the fact that I was probably just so hard on myself that I always felt like I wasn't good. Like, I was I, – like, I knew I was good, but I just felt like I just wasn't good enough. And then once I once I got that first off, and I was like, okay, somebody sees something in me that I don't see. Yeah, so then going then then going into my junior year, towards like almost the end of it, I end up tearing my ACL and my meniscus. Then I bounced back from that. Then I came then my senior year, I had a great season. And then the very end of my my last high school game of my senior year, I retore my meniscus in my right knee, and I had already agreed to early enrolling at Ohio State. And what so, had made you decide to do the uh, the early enrollment there? Well, because uh, cause the, the, uh, my, uh, my recruiter, he basically, like, brought the, he, he brought the idea. I'm saying, like, you can, come, you can start coming to college early and then do spring ball. So I was just like, well, I, like, I never heard that before. So I could be the first in my high school to do it, that way in my count, really in my county. So I just took on that challenge and I did it. But so then, then, then – Yeah, then, tell, then, tell then, me what happened when you got there. Yeah. So it didn't go as planned because I had I ended up having surgery before I went up there. And then once I got there, they did an MRI and then they was telling me like the way my knee set up, they don't see me playing for a program like them. That they said like if I, if they did allow me to play that, I would have a five percent chance of being successful in football. Five percent. That's yeah, five percent. Jeez. And I'm so like picturing the movie where he's like, So you're saying there's a chance. So it was just my mindset. Well, like I, I was a, I'm a math guy. So I'm like, where did this number even come from? Like five percent? That is a low chance. But I told myself, like, you know what? I like my chances. So like, they tried to put me in a medical hardship, but I wasn't going. I, I wasn't going for that. Like, I want to play football. Like, you didn't. Y'all didn't put me through no kind of physical test to even allow me to see for myself that I can't do it. 
What a crazy story. Okay, well, I want to hear the end of this. we got to take a quick break here, but we still have plenty more coming up with cornerback Jamel Dean where we get to hear the rest of his football journey and all the things that he has overcome to get here. So we have more on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. We are back on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. Casey Phillips here with cornerback Jamel Dean. Before the break, we were hearing his journey of high school and going to college. And so the two major knee injuries in high school, and it's funny because you said that Ohio State only gave you a 5% chance of being able to really play there. But it sounds like you you never doubted, which is, I mean, to me, it's incredible, like, to have had two major knee surgeries before the end of, of high school, and you have zero doubts in your abilities to continue to play at a high level. Yeah, I had zero doubts. Like, like I, I was just always, like, I'm going to always bet on myself. And the fact that, because I knew, like, I, I knew I'm capable of bouncing back, like, because I knew I was mentally, I was, I'm, I'm mentally strong, so. I'm just like, just give me a chance. Like, let me see for myself. Then I'll come to the conclusion, like, maybe my my knee won't hold up. So what did you do when they told you, okay, 5% chance you're going to play here? What what was your reaction, and, and what did you do from there moving forward? Well, once they told me I had a 5% chance of being successful in football, I, I told them I like my chances. So then I, other schools started hearing about, hearing about my situation, started reaching out to me. But they was going through Ohio State first. So they kept like telling him like like look his the way his knee set up, he might not be able to play. Just keep, like putting like worries, like making him like be concerned about about like giving me an offer. So then I ended up like I ended up, like leaving campus and getting a second opinion from uh, Dr. Andrews. So then once I got a second opinion from him, he was like, you know what, your, your knee is good to go. All you have to do is just rehab and build your quad muscle up. So that gave him the green light, and then. And then I got, then I got, then I started talking to the coaches from Auburn because they was originally at Florida. That was my mindset was going was going to be with them, like Coach Muschamp and and T Rob. So then when I found out that when I realized they was in Auburn, then I'm like, okay, well I guess the next move is going to be Auburn. So then they tell me like, yep, they're like the scholarship is open, we got a scholarship waiting for you, and then you already seen our team doctor. I like, I like Doctor Andrews was your team doctor. So everything just like fell like fell in felt perfect for me. So I got there. I had the red shirt because the whole you train for D1, D1, you got to sit out that year. So that was my red shirt year. And then my red shirt freshman year, everything was going good. I was projected to be the starter. And then I tore my other, then I tore my left ACL. I can't even imagine what goes through your mind at that point. Like, I, I feel like I would have just quit life. I would have been like, you know what? That's it. I'm done. I'm like, and the, like, I, how did you move forward from that? You that had to be so that, debilitating. You know what? It, it was like once I tore that left ACL, that's probably the lowest I ever felt in my life. Like I was ready to just say, you know what? Maybe football is just not for me. Like, I, I mean, I, I can understand that. Like, like this don't make sense. Like, I, like as if I already hasn't been through enough. And then when everything was going good, I tore the left ACL. So I'm just like, man. So. It took a lot of people. I had like people. I had people in my that was like I had like seniors and that was that was at Auburn at the time. They was talking to me like, "Look, man, I've been through all this stuff." They took luckily it took one guy named Josh Hosley. Okay, he started he 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 was just coming off an ACL injury. He probably out. He probably he probably tore both his ACLs too. So, 
just seeing him come out there and then he had a great season that year. And I was just like, you know what? Maybe that's, maybe I could do exactly like what he did, just bounce back. And then I had my mom in my ear too. She wasn't going to allow me to quit either. Moms are good for that. Yeah. That's crazy. So then what was the, the actual process like of, of getting back? And, and when did you realize you not only were back, but could potentially end up being NFL ready? Well, I started, I've actually played my, my, my first season in college, my redshirt sophomore year. You know, I was in a rotation. That, I was in a rotation like with other with the other corner. So it was more just like, okay, I'm just getting my feet wet and all that. But once I started, like, once he got hurt and then I had to fill in, and I realized, like, how many plays I started making. And I'm just like, wow, like, maybe there's a possibility that I can go to – I can be an NFL player. And I'm seeing all these articles about how I'm, how much – I can I can be, like, an NFL – I'm an NFL caliber player and all that stuff. But at the same time, I still didn't see it. <laughs> that is so funny. We're talking to cornerback Jamel Dean. And so I feel like the fact that – I mean, just the fact that you came back from all these injuries is incredible. Then you throw in the fact that you're one of the fastest guys on the team, despite that. Well, first, I guess I should ask, where do you think you rank on the team in terms of speed? Well, you know, until someone beat me in a race, I'm number one. <laughs> <laughs> you're, are you, are, we're just like, forget 40 times, forget all this. We haven't yeah, raced. So, when you beat me in a race, then I'm going to give you hats off to you. Okay, I feel like uh, Bruce right now would be like, yeah, we're not racing. That's not a thing. And this is what you probably know and why you're saying, yeah, I mean, I'm number one until you can prove otherwise. Um, but I mean, how do you, have you always been this fast? And how were you amazed that you were able to get to this speed again after all those knee injuries? Uh, I mean, I wasn't, I mean, the, the knee the knee wasn't a problem after that, after that point, because after my, after my first surgery, I ended up running track three months afterwards too. So I like I always been a so like me I always got I always had track background because I've I've been running track and playing football since I was nine years old and I started running track after high school. That is incredible. I love that. Okay, well, I just want to take a quick moment to remind everybody out there, in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month from now until October 30th, we are asking you to join the fight with us. The Buccaneers and Moffitt Cancer Center are hosting a virtual auction with all proceeds directly supporting cancer research at Moffitt Cancer Centers. You can bid on those hard-to-find Buccaneers game tickets and unique experiences, all benefiting a great cause. Visit Buccaneers.com slash auction. Um, so we were talking about you being at Auburn with Carlton and getting to be here with him as well. The, I mean, you guys are such a young group back there that he's the elder statesman. Um, how impressed have you been with the way that he's been able to play and the way that he's taken on that number one cornerback role here? I feel like he, grown, he, he has grown. Like you can see like each year you can tell that he's a veteran. Okay, you see like how he progressed each year. And then this year got to be like one of his best. Like so far, it's like you. I, I just like describe him as like a bottle of wine. The older he gets, the better he gets. I like that. That's really good. And um, also, just the idea of you know the the rest of you guys being so young back there and getting to come in together. Um, what has that been like for you of getting to have guys that are you guys are all young at the same time? What has that done for for the group and for the chemistry? I mean, it just showed that we all in it together. Now we still, it's like, a, it's just like we all in this journey. We all started this journey at the same time. So now we just all just building off each other, learning the same things, from, learning from our mistakes. So it's, it's just, it's a great bond. 
What are the, the biggest areas that you feel like as a group you guys could still improve in? Probably communication and do, maybe and like being more focused while in the field. Because sometimes we'll have our mom, we'll have our brain fart moments on the field. And we'd be like, oops. <laughs> I hope you say oops out loud when you're on the field. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, normally I, I mess up. I, I normally don't look to the sideline because I know the coach is just chewing me out. Yeah, which it's funny because Todd Bowles is so chill when he's like talking to the media and all the times that I feel like most people get a chance to see him. And you're already laughing at this idea because, um, and he said on one of our radio shows recently that, yeah, he's not so chill on the sideline. Tell us a little bit about what his demeanor is like at practice and at a game on the sideline. So so on Wednesday, he really not, he's really, he's chill on Wednesday because it's like the teaching period. Like that's like the teaching of the game plan, but Thursday practice, if you mess up, he's 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 bad. <laughs> so and then so he mad on Thursday. Then if you mess up on Friday, oh my goodness, he'll blow a gasket. <laughs> but but if I but I feel like with me in general, it's like whatever I mess up, it's like I it's like I hit a different nerve. <laughs> you think you get it worse than the other guys? Yeah, I feel like I strike a different nerve. <laughs> and are you someone that res- like? What, do you respond well to the what he does? And I've also heard he will he won't just tell you that you did something wrong. That maybe he kind of like makes fun of you for doing it wrong. That it's yeah, like- yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, Be- yeah. I won't hit it. I won't hit the end of it. <laughs> like he'll just keep pounding. Me- he'll just keep pounding in my head until I just decide to walk off. What and and how much time do you spend with him? Because I know that you've even when you were watching film, a lot of times it is with him. It's not even just on your own. So how much time do you feel like you have spent with him, and and how much time has he kind of poured into you in the last year? Man, a lot, like a lot. Because I probably go in his office almost every morning. Wow. So before everything, all the meetings, all practice, everything, you're in. You're yeah, I'm in. His- yeah, I'm in his office, laying on the couch, watching TV with him, or just have like a little mentor session. Well, that's adorable. <laughs> I love this idea. You're in there getting your, your bowls therapy. Yeah. That's great. And so what do you like about his system? We've talked about what you like about him as a person and as a coach, but how about his particular system and the way that you feel like it fits you as a corner? Well, I feel like his system is so much similar to the system we ran at Auburn. Okay. Like it's basically the same, the same, the same like idea, but it's just like he got his own twist to it. So like it was able, for, like it was easy for me, like just to learn the defense and pick up on it. And then for like my for like my play style, I fit his defense. And in what sense? Tell tell me how that is. What about your style works for that? Like just being a man to man corner. And I feel like whenever I talk to anybody on the defense about his scheme, everybody just gets almost excited about it. That that what is it about his scheme that just even seems to make it fun for you guys? Because it just, it's just so different. Like, I, granted, I've been playing football for a while, but I never, like, experienced a defense like this. Because it's, it's it like, cause I know if, it, if it's confusing for us to learn it, I can imagine other teams trying to game plan against it. So then it's like his, his system is like it's set up for, like, us to make plays. It's just that if we execute it, we're going to make the play. And then so it's like when you watch film, you see, like, when you move wrong game, it's like, man. If I'd have did this right, I would have had this play. He called this play just for that. Which I'm sure he enjoys that he can point out to you. Oh, yeah. 
That's why it's best not to mess up so he don't have nothing to say and I can do all the talking. That does sound like a better game plan. All right, well, we still have one more segment coming up here with cornerback Jamel Dean on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. Now more on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. We are back for the final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. Casey Phillips here with cornerback Jamel Dean. Uh, we've talked a lot about you and, and some of the other corners. Uh, let's let's talk especially about um, Sean Murphy Bunting and getting to come in with him. Where have you seen him grow and, and the areas that, that he's been able to be successful? Uh, I feel like he's grown a lot knowing that he has to like play multiple positions. Well, he played like two positions on defense. He's the corner and he's the nickel. So I feel like he's, he's more organized now with everything. Instead of like last year, both our heads are probably spinning, but his probably was spinning more because he got more on his plate. But now you feel now you see that he's real calm now. Like everything just come come together for him. And speaking of someone that has to play multiple positions, Anton Winfield Jr. had to step in for him one game in the nickel. That's another guy that as a rookie is being asked to earn to, to learn a lot of different things and step into a starting role really quickly. Um, how impressed have you been by him and what he's been able to do? I'm very I'm very impressed. Like he's a like the future is bright for him because he's smart and very athletic, and he just and you can tell that he takes pride in football. And how about some of the the other safeties as well? I know that you know Mike Edwards would have had an interception and kind of helped Antoine get his uh, interception in in the game as well. How much has has Mike Edwards grown as well? Another guy that you got to come in with? Oh, I mean he grown a lot too. Now it went from him not getting interception last year to being him being a ball magnet. Like the ball just always just comes to him. It finds him every time. I'm like, good God. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been able to figure out why, like what has changed, what he's done differently to, to get to that point where he is around the ball so much? You know what? I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Cause see, like as soon as he gets in the game, the ball finds him. <laughs> I'm like, you need to go offer him some money to, to teach his tricks. Yeah. I need to like, whatever secret, you know, let me, I need to figure it out too. Cause I want to be a ball magnet. And uh, how about we talked a little bit about Devin's game on Sunday, but let's let's talk about Devin and Levante together as a as a duo. Um, I know there's there's been a lot of people talking about that they could be potentially the best insider linebacker duo. In yeah, the- it could be. They probably they probably are the best in, the best duo. Yeah, they can get, they, they can cover. They can get sideline to sideline. Like that's 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 problems going. That's problem when you're the running back on the opposite team. Like how can you outrun these guys? And what does that do for you guys, even as a defense as a whole, or for you guys as corners, having them in the middle of that defense? How much does that help you? I mean, I just know that if they run the ball, they they getting stuff. <laughs> so it ain't really much. So it's like they take some of the stress off us, knowing that they're going to tackle. Then we just got to focus on the pass game more. We're talking to cornerback Jamel Dean, um, and the fact that Devin. Again, you guys are so young, and for him to have already gotten that captain role, and um, how, what have you seen in terms of the leadership side from him of, of where he's come and, and the fact that he's been able to earn that so quickly? You know, because, you know, Devin always been like a real outspoken person since college. So it doesn't surprise me that now that he's, he's stepping up in that leader role. He was a leader last year. Okay, he, he actually spoke up. He would come, like, he would bring all of us. He used to bring all of us together and be like, look, we can take over this defense if we want to. We just got to keep, we just got to keep working. Well, and I mean, I think it's interesting to see how much you guys have 
been able to finally get a lot of the attention that you guys have deserved that, you know, people here in Tampa have known how well you guys have been playing, but now with sort of more of that national attention and you guys have, you know, this was supposed to be a Sunday night football game. Now there is Monday night and Sunday night coming up as well. Do you feel like that's been one of the big perks of sort of the Brady effect is, is maybe that you guys as a defense are getting more of the attention that you have felt like you had earned? Yeah. Now I feel like we getting the exposure that we, that we deserve now, but it's still, but we still have to execute on, Get on big time games like that. So, but now that we shown the shown like everybody national that we're a great defense, it's like getting us the again again our names out there. And what are you most excited about for? You got a couple primetime games coming up. Your your first Monday night and Sunday night football games. Are, do you get particularly excited for that? Uh, I mean, not really, because it's just a, it's just another game for me. Like no matter what day we play on, it's a game. And does that fit with your your little slogan that you essentially don't have? Make <laughs> don't make a scene, just Jamelde. Tell me where yeah. that came from. You no, know, it started off with me in high school. So I had a friend named Tracy Davis. Like when I started like getting all of my when I started getting all my offers and stuff, every day in school, whenever he see me, he'd be like, "Don't make a scene. It's just Jamel Dean." So then, so like it, it was just so funny how like it happened then, and then back in college. I started doing like Fit Fridays. Like I would wear like a Nautica outfit every Friday. So then when people used to like record me and stuff, I thought about that saying. So every time they put me on Snapchat, I was like, don't make a scene. It's just Dean. And then I guess so like the fact that I was doing it and then Carlton was already at Temple. So he used to show the players there my Fit Friday. So, so when I got there, they already knew about Fit Friday. The don't make a scene and all that. So it was just it was just funny how that start how that it went from high school all the way to now. That's amazing. And you know, I t- I tend to feel like um, the stereotype of DBs is that y'all enjoy making a scene a little bit. Is that fair? You know, that's 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 the ironic part about my saying. It's like it's like I say don't make a scene, but then I, I make a play and everybody going crazy. And they're like, yeah, then you just made a scene. <laughs> You're like only when I don't need to make a scene. I needed to make yeah, a scene. Yeah, pretty much. But like, I, but if I'm out in public, you might not know who I am because I'm not flashy or nothing. So okay, off the field, it's don't make a scene, but on on the field, it's make a scene. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, just trying to make sure I have this all figured out here. <laughs> I love that. And you know, for you guys as a defense, where do you feel like you're at overall? Of how much further do you have to go? I mean, now that we're, we're coming up on halfway through the season, just overall evaluation of, of the defensive unit as a whole and how much of the coaches said that you guys are where they want you to be. I mean, we are, we are where, we want, where we want to be, but we still know that there's still room for growth because we still, we still leaving plays out there on the field that we should be making. Like one interception, we should be at least getting like three or four interceptions a game. So like once we feel like once we get to that point, then I feel like we'll be more comfortable as a defense. But until then, until then, we still have room for to improve on. And earlier in the show, you mentioned, uh, you know, what you felt like it's sort of an honor to have gotten to play alongside Tom Brady. Now that you have been around him for a few months, getting to practice against him, uh, how do you feel like he has impacted the team overall and then maybe you individually? Uh, I mean, just me individually, just I know that we have Tom Brady. And then we all know his history, but as a team, but as a whole, it's just like just knowing that we have we have the goat on our team. It makes you like want to be great too to reach his status. So like to see like how he prepared throughout the week is like 
yeah, I, I want to be like that. And when you didn't have preseason games and you missed a lot of off-season reps, um, what was going against him in practice like in terms of helping you get ready for this season? Well, it was just showing me that I knew, I knew that I need to step my game up mentally because I, I understand that Brady is a smart quarterback and he could read, he understand how to read defense. So it's like now I know that I need to be on my P's and Q's whenever I'm going against a quarterback like him. Okay, I know it's going to prepare me for later on the season when I go against the Breeze, the Rodgers, the Mahomes, and all and the rest of them. Yeah, you're going against some some pretty decent quarterbacks this year. Is there? Do you get particularly fired up to go against any particular guy? Uh, I mean, I just get excited whenever I go against a quarterback that has a name. Cause I'm like, if I if I make a play on them, it's gonna help. It's gonna help me. And. How about uh, for you, who did you grow up watching or who were sort of your, your idols or people that you were influenced by the way that they played when you were younger? You know, it's so great. Like when I was younger, I really didn't watch football. Cause I was like more of like a, I was like a, I was like a nerdy kid growing up. Okay. Well, how were you nerdy? Oh, like I always liked to like, like I always like stuff like puzzles, math problems. I was always into stuff like that. Math problems? That was what you did when you were had some spare time? Let me crank out some math problems? Just just want to learn math problems. That's incredible. <laughs> you know what's so funny? When I graduated early, I invited my math class to my graduation. <laughs> <laughs> that's really adorable. Look at you, this nerdy little kid. That's, that's so great. We're talking to cornerback Jamel Dean. Um, and I also know Halloween's coming up. And last year, you... You went hard on Halloween. Tell me about this costume that you rocked at the building last year. Okay, so for anybody that ever watched the movie Saw, I was I was the I was the jigsaw puppet that rocked the tricycle. So you can only imagine whenever he used to come up and give like and tell like the people that's playing the game what they have to do to survive to make it to the next level. So I was that guy. And the fact that I'm six one, just walking around looking creepy. It kind of scared. It kind of like scared a lot of people. So, do you have any anything up your sleeve for for this year? Uh, I haven't uh, figured it out. Figured out. Yeah, I need to like do some thinking. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 coming in hot here. It's coming. In I know. Hot. I know. So you, you still we got, we got to work on this. We gotta we gotta see. Maybe people can give you some ideas on Twitter or something. Yeah, they got. Yeah, they got to give me some ideas on Twitter and Instagram. Are you a superstitious athlete? Are you somebody that has like certain <clears throat> or things that you have to do going into a game or you know, to, to have to feel good about about your upcoming game? Uh, I mean, it's just more just I, just I just need to be able to watch enough film so I can figure out like what they do in certain sets and how they're going to attack me. And then once I feel comfortable that I figured that out about them, then I'm good. And I know it's only Monday, so you guys haven't done the full prep for the Giants yet. That'll be more of a tomorrow and Wednesday thing. But uh, what do you already know about their offense and some of the things that you guys are going to have to be on the lookout for? Well, you know, they got, they got great receivers, tight ends, and a, and a running back. And the new running back they got coming in now, Wayne Goldman, he, like, he runs like he's angry. So we got to uh, buckle our helmets. <laughs> Always, always a good sign. All right. Well, Jamel, so much. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome. And uh, again, congratulations on that win against the Raiders and for your first ever pick six. Thank you. 
All right. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. This has been awesome. We have really enjoyed Buccaneers total access. We hope all of you guys are watching and enjoying the game this next week, Monday Night Football against the New York Giants. And we'll see you next week on Buccaneers total access brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access has been brought to you by Frontier Communications. Rely on your ultimate teammate, Frontier. Don't go it alone. Visit Frontier.com slash Bucks. And by Hooters. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983.